Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of I Could Never Be here on the Incredible Popcorn Talk Network. We're nearing the end of season five of I Could Never Be. And when I think about that, I just think back to the incredible stories that we heard on this season, the incredible stories that we heard on past seasons. Again, this show is all about inspiring you to live your best life and to help you see that the people that you see on TV screens and movie screens or you go to their concert, they're just like you. They've gone through the same struggles. You might put them on a pedestal, but you can be right up there on that pedestal. And sometimes they got to that pedestal by climbing and by clawing. And if you do that same thing, you can reach that same journey. If you look at the calendar now, we're into June, which is wild to think about that we are almost halfway through the year. And so I could use that analogy of the glass half full versus the glass half empty. And I could go that way. It's true. You can look at this and be like, how are we already through? I didn't achieve anything that I wanted in 2019. You still have half the year to do so. So it's okay. You're not behind. You're exactly where you need to be. Today's advice for a better life, though, focuses on money and wealth and riches. And the advice is that you to not confuse money for riches. A lot of people think, oh, I don't have a lot of money. Oh, I have $1,000 in the bank account or $100 in the bank account. That doesn't mean that you're not rich. Riches are not money. Some of the richest people in the world once had a billion dollar idea with $10 to their name. That's all. They had an incredible support system or family or ideas and that made them rich. And then they use that to be able to make the money. And as our guest told me before the show, some of the richest people in the world don't have money. and They're also the happiest people in the world because sometimes money is not where it is. Sometimes money just causes, you know, more money, more money, more problems. Y'all know where I'm going with that. <laughs> Y'all don't know where we're going today on this show, but I do. And it's going to be an incredible ride, an incredible actress in the studio. She's in so many projects, including a brand new Netflix movie, Good Sam, which is an incredible movie I just watched. She's also in The Good Place, another one of my favorite shows. Also plays Sabine in Star Wars Rebels. I am so excited, so why wait any longer? Let's introduce her, Tia Sirkar. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. For joining me. us in studio. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you very much. And you know, I, I want to compliment you because I feel like, you know, in, in looking up your career and looking up the number of projects that you've been in, I mean, you are now exploding and it's congratulations. I mean, like the things that I named, you have your own Netflix movie, The Good Place, which is also thriving. You have, you know, Star Wars Rebels and there's so many other projects out there. Uh, congratulations. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It sounds so nice when you say it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, are you one of those people who you sometimes you're almost working too much and you don't realize everything? I don't know. I don't on? know if I'll ever work too much. I love to work. I want yeah. to work all the time. I mean, I like to, you know, I, mm-hmm. let's stick a vacation in there let's sometimes. <laughs> but I, I like to work, and so I don't know if you could say I, I will ever at any point say like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm working too much. But yes, it's sort of like when you're in it, I, you know, I don't sit there and go like, what am I yeah. doing right now? Oh, yeah. I, I am in like, no, it's nice. It's just nice to hear like, oh, that that sounds. Mm-hmm pretty busy it's always <laughs> good yeah, to take a step back and just to appreciate yeah. where you are in life and the hard work that has put you there yeah well th- so thank you for reminding me of I appreciate course it. well the compliments are continuing because i just watched <laughs> good sam and a i love the movie because i used to be a news reporter and so i just connected and i was i'm very critical okay and so i was watching the movie and i was like all right how are they going to portray this is it going to be accurate is it not going to be accurate it was well how, done. How, yeah, good. Oh, I thought good. it was good. I'm that, so glad. Even down to, it's crazy to say, and I, I hope I communicate this the right way, like 
you as the reporter and then your cameraman who is very much a cameraman and oh, like good. that is exactly what it is he's my favorite uh, you have the cameraman who doesn't want to be on air doesn't care about you know appearance as much and making sure that everything is you know top tip top shape right right but he kind of keeps the the whole the, you know the ball rolling but yeah. he's like kind of the crux of the whole operation yep yeah. and even you, you the very I'm, I'm not I won't give away major spoilers but the start of the of the movie when you're like sneaking off behind the line and trying to get the yeah exclusive. how accurate is that oh like that happens every oh every time oh great you're trying to get places that you shouldn't be you're talking it up you had a line in the movie i've done this before yeah like, yeah you, i said oh, you yeah. know the drill you know the drill yeah yeah that's exactly what that is you We're do like the thing that you to get... do to like create the mm-hmm. you know the distraction and i go in and do my, what i do yep. oh good i'm so glad yeah no 100 percent accurate and it's 100 percent of like being in the news is a it's a go between between the civilians and the professionals because you're you are that go between. You're communicating both sides to both parties. And so you you're in this crux of like you don't have to follow the rules, but you do. Like you do, but you don't, right? You do, like but you, you don't. do you're supposed to, but you don't because yeah. then how are you gonna be the first to, you know, get exactly. the story, right? And so yeah. you're buddying up to these uh, public officials, whether sure. that's firefighters or police, sure. and trying to get behind the the do not cross yeah. line yeah. and it's like if there's a traffic jam, you're going on the side of the road and driving around. Yeah. So did you research at all for that role? Or how did you know what to portray? Well, I will say, I mean, it's interesting talking to you since you, that that was you. And so you know a lot more about this than I do. But I was sort of, I was I was a little daunted because I, for, I am a news junkie. I, my, I grew up watching, well, I, when I was young, I didn't mm-hmm. want to, but my parents watched the nightly news every night religiously. And so when I was a kid, I would like sort of unwillingly watch the news. And now I'm as an adult, I'm like obsessed with the news. I watch the news all the time. I listen to the news in my car. So I'm sort of, I'm, I'm always surrounded by like news reports. Current events, yeah. Um, yeah. And so, but then, you know, suddenly playing a news reporter, I was like, oh my gosh, I, I don't want to do this wrong. You know, I want I don't want anyone like you to sit down and go, <laughs> mm, that's not, that's not it. So I was like, okay, I got to get like, first of all, as an actor, Staring down the barrel of the camera is very, it's like one acting 101, don't look into camera. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> that was uh, the first sort of disconcerting thing. And then also, you know, there's like sort of a, um, a rhythm and, and like a cadence to mm-hmm. your, your speech. And I just wanted to make sure I, I didn't do you guys dirty. So I, I uh, you did it well. Okay, thank you. Um, but yes, my research was basically like my whole life of like, watching watching the news and especially now as as an adult i i think i real i realized you know when you have a moment where you're like oh i'm an adult now my moment was mm-hmm. that i willingly voluntarily watch the news all the time and it's i'm no longer like <laughs> oh why do we have to watch the nightly news um and i was like oh man i think i'm a grown-up now <laughs> is it your twi- like your twitter feed too is like filled with and you're like how did this get in the- oh, okay yeah i'll look at it though mm-hmm. i want to mm-hmm. know yep What's going on yep. in the world? Yeah, it's not a bad. You're, you're, you know. I like to you, be well informed. Thank you. Exactly. We should all be, you know, better informed about what's happening yep. in the world. And, and if you can compartmentalize, which is a huge part of being in the news, you can compartmentalize of being like, I'm not going to let this negative news get to me, right. or this positive news really put me over the edge. That, that's a struggle. That's where it is. Of late, you know, mm-hmm. it's like hard to keep. Yes, I, 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 I think I posted a meme in the last year or so that said like I, I basically like 
walk on this like uh, high wire, like walk this line of wanting to be well informed and then like wanting to save my own yeah. sanity. Yep. Yep. 100%. <laughs> and you have to find that balance of like you want to know what's going on, but you don't want to let it sort of bring you down. So that's, well, a, that's a struggle. And it's what your character in, in the show and the movie plays the bummer beat. Which is a huge thing. They, is that we, a term that you've de, used before? So I'm going to throw a term at you to see if you've ever heard this. If it bleeds, it leads. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, yes. 100. I was almost shocked that didn't make it into the movie, but oh, I no, know no, that's no, like a, it's a interesting, well, it's not a very happy quote. Yeah, yeah. We, we wanted to keep it like a family, <laughs> a family, a, a movie that all, the entire family can watch together. So maybe, maybe they toss that out. Yeah. But yeah, it's not, you're not wrong. You, you start to just, you, I don't know, you're very cynical to things and you're like, oh yeah, well, and it's what your character shows is that, oh, why would there be good people? Exactly. Everyone has a motive. Especially when you, you know, for, for the character I play, Kate Bradley, you know, her her beat is the bummer beat. So she's out there reporting on robberies and murders mm-hmm. and, you know, catastrophic events. And so the idea that someone might be doing something without any hidden agenda is just yep. beyond her. You know, she's she's not willing to accept mm-hmm. that. Yeah, yeah, because you're, you're constantly diving for the truth. Right. Which is great. Your uh, co-star who plays Eric Bradley, Chad Connell, actually said there was that you guys had amazing chemistry. He's like, there was no way to fake it. Do you, He's the best. <laughs> do you agree? I mean, how was the chemistry on set? Super easy. Like he he's just we, we immediately, you know, you you meet people and you're like, oh, we don't even like it feels like you're old mm-hmm. friends. Um, I was really lucky, you know, that that the person playing my love interest, uh, or one of my love interests in the movie, we just like immediately clicked. Um talked about we were shooting in Montreal which is amazing and uh so basically our most of our initial conversations were like where where'd you go out to eat last night where should I what about this restaurant and so we like it's always nice to sort of like Mm -hmm. uh bond over eating um and food (laughs) it's an easy thing to bond Uh, over everyone eats especially in a you know amazing city like Montreal with the most amazing food um but yeah he it was just a very easy uh sort of thing to to um to act like we really mm-hmm. liked each other because we really do. He's a he's great. Um, awesome. And now we're friends, which is is the best. When oh. you get to like, you know, lasting relationships mm-hmm. after uh, after a shoot, it's it's always like the icing on the cake. So the big question as we finished the movie was there was you know not all the ends were tied up. It kind of mm-hmm. seemed like it was inching towards a sequel. So will we get to see that relationship continue? Will there be a sequel? I sure hope so. I mean, there is a series of books actually. So mm-hmm. there is a books. You know, Good Sam is based on a, a book by the same name by um, the author Deep Reserve. And then there's a second book in the series called Perfectly Good Crime, um, which, you know, if someone wanted to make into a movie, I would happily do so. <laughs> um, you know, I don't want to give anything away, but the end of, of Good Sam sort of leads you into what mm-hmm. would happen or what happens in, in the book Perfectly Good Crime. So, yeah, I mean, I would definitely be game to do Is that. Is that a discussion among the actors uh, and the cast and crew? Yeah, like it's like it's like some like school where you're like okay well i'll see you next year but like you're not sure so you're like maybe we'll see each other next year yeah so um anyway knock on wood yeah knock on wood um we'll see we'll see what happens it basically it's up to you know the powers that be at, Mm -hmm. at netflix and um the the sort of logistics of 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 uh the story because in the in the book 
she it's based in LA mm-hmm. and she and well oh I don't no, want to give based, any, it's based in well in the book it's based in LA oh in the book okay and so there there's some logistical things but I also don't want to give anything away yep. so I'll You're just fine. keep it at that yeah. but yes hopefully um, we will make another one that would be great that would be great yeah I thoroughly enjoyed it again if you guys haven't go seen it go to Netflix right now it just came out Go check it out. Good Sam Incredible. And also, while you're on Netflix and if you're watching it on your phone, go check out Tia at Tia Bird on Instagram and at Tia Sirkar on Twitter. And certainly, again, grateful to be here on the Popcorn Talk, at the Popcorn Talk on Instagram and on Twitter, and at the Only MC. You can follow me on Instagram and on Twitter. Again, we're also on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Anchor, wherever you get your podcasts. If you guys want to listen in the car, and, you know, an easy way to support is just go click that like button or give a comment or rate five stars or just be able to, you know, share it with a friend. We give this content to you guys for free. We're all about uplifting and positivity, and that's just an easy way that you guys can support us. Another one of the shows that you're in, The Good Place, was another one of my favorite shows. That is between season three and season four right now. But you guys, I think, are shooting season four right now? Yes, season four is being shot. I am not allowed to say whether I Obviously. have anything to do with that or not. <laughs> yeah, you're totally fine. How have, you know, how have you seen that show evolve in terms of like, I know the fans have like really grasped on in the past couple seasons. Yeah, it's been amazing. I, I, I have to say, I'm a huge fan of the show, which mm-hmm. might sound weird. Like when people, like I'll be at the grocery store and people, someone will say like, I just have to tell you, I love The Good Place. And I'm like a total weirdo. And I'm like, me too. And I know that's <laughs> not, and people are like, oh, all right, that's a that's a weird thing. But I, I truly am such a fan of the show. And so I'm so happy. I feel like season one, people who watch the show were you know instant fans of the mm-hmm. show because i mean without having nothing to do with my uh you know connection to it i just think it's brilliantly written it's brilliantly acted it's brilliantly directed i mean the whole show it's just it's a it's it's, genius the writing is great the writing is incredible yes um I'm a big fan. So, uh, but I feel like it was only after Netflix picked up season one, right before season two premiered on NBC, that suddenly people were like, what is this show? And I'm like, I know. I know, guys. Like, you need to be watching this show. It's like (laughs) the smartest, funniest, you know, kind of Mm -hmm. wittiest show. And it's also, the thing I love about it is that there are so many layers to the comedy. So sort of anyone can watch it and appreciate it. But I think if you go back and you like pause, anytime Michael, Ted Danson's character, Mm -hmm. swipes up, you know, like a green screen screen that's imaginary, if you pause it and read what it says, those are the funniest jokes that you never hear because it's just the brilliant writers coming up with like ridiculous, insanely funny things that are just only if you bother to go back and search for them you're like oh my gosh that is comedy gold and there's so many references in there too to like real life stuff totally you have to be kind of what is your favorite do you have a favorite that's been a reference i know even i read the the, the, blake bortles keeps being oh my god so so i will not say who but um one of the (laughs) um cast members didn't know that who blake bortles Mm -hmm. is um, and that he was, uh, he's not anymore, right? But he was the QB of uh, the uh, Jaguars. Jaguars. Yeah. Um, they thought he was saying like a weird version of bottles, <laughs> like when he throws the Molotov cocktail, which I find very funny. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is genius, yeah. And uh, Michael Schur is just an incredible creator. He's an actual genius, mm-hmm. and he just also happens to be the nicest person in the world. And I'm like, you're 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 an anomaly. Like, how can mm-hmm. you be so? And you work in Hollywood as a executive yeah. producer of huge, you know, mm-hmm. sh- productions. 
Um, he's the best. And and I think that like the reason why people are always like asking for dirt on like how, what's Kristen Bell like? What's Ted Danson like? And everybody wants like something juicy and I'm like, well, Ted Danson is the best human being on the face of the earth. Like, what do you want me to tell you? That's not what you want to hear, but it's the truth. Like, and I think it starts from Mike Schur being the best, and and like it just sort of that energy. It funnels down. Yeah, totally. Like Absolutely. the cast is amazing. The crew is incredible. I have the best time on that show. I mean, it's like hard to even call it work. Yeah, and that is definitely seen both on screen as well as like in social media promos oh, and teases and stuff. You can just tell that everyone gets along. I even saw the other day, oh, I forget who it was, posted something of Kristen Bell in something in a costume for season four in a like a demon with wings or oh, a black oh, costume. Oh, no, she was watching the Game of Thrones, uh, like it was a wa- Game of Thrones watching party oh, that she dressed up okay. for. okay. Which I is even like, funnier. We were like, I don't know how that ties yeah, into... Yeah. It doesn't. It's just like totally non sequitur. <laughs> so <laughs> she was for so... a Game of Thrones party? Yeah. I think she was dressed as a dragon. <laughs> Which is like a real commitment to a watching party. I really appreciate I mean, that. It's a dedication. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it truly is like I think everyone is just so happy to be there. Actors, cat, you know, crew, mm-hmm. everyone. Um, and why wouldn't you be? It's the best. It's the best job. Yeah. And again, the fans are showing their support. It was incredible. Another big fan favorite show that you Star Wars Rebels. I know like the fans are obviously Star Wars is massive right now. I think yes. D- Disney now is coming out obviously with their Star Wars parks. Today. Yesterday. And- is it? Wow. Last night was the was the ribbon cutting. Wow. Which is, yeah, it's, it's awesome. I think that's like one third of each of the Disney parks now is going to it's be crazy. Star Wars. How do yeah. you feel being a part of such a massive franchise? Uh, I will say it's been, I think it's been six years since I got the job. And I will say it still is uh, surreal to me mm-hmm. like that I get to play... A character, first of all, I mean, the character that I play, I respect and love so much. Um, Again, like, as a fan. Um, So (laughs) to get to, like, be a small part of, like, the impact she's had that I've, you know, I've gotten to see, like, the impact that she's had on on people of all ages and Mm -hmm. all kinds of backgrounds. And um, that's such an honor for me to get to have any kind of small part in that. But, I mean, yeah, getting to be part of Star Wars is not a thing that uh, actors, I think, anticipate will be part of their career <laughs> at any point in it's time so massive so um did you grow up watching i i grew up i i watched the uh the original trilogy mm-hmm. when i was a kid but i, I didn't really grow up in a star wars family so i didn't yeah. really fully understand the scope of star wars and uh and then once i got this job I was like, I, I want to learn everything I can. And let me just tell you, as you probably know, there is a lot to learn <laughs> if you're starting. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot of homework, but it's also Star Wars. So you're like, it's the best kind of homework you can do. So I can say, like, I quickly became a full-fledged Star Wars fan as soon as I kind of got into the whole, like, um, Clone Wars, which is mm-hmm. the show that was just before mm-hmm. Star Wars Rebels, same creator, um, was available on Netflix right as I got this job. And so I just like binge watched Clone Wars, which was amazing. And then I went back and rewatched the original trilogy. And so I, there's a lot, but you know, there's just like no Darth of Star Wars. So you can just keep kind of learning. And And it's still going too. Like it's not slowing down at all. In fact, I think it's uh, the opposite. It's like sort of ramping up and up and up. Yeah. Disney, I think is releasing a movie every other year starting i mean they're doing them now but even starting in 2021 they're rotating with avatar oh wow it's like every other listen for people who were on that 20-year drought now you're making up for it (laughs) yeah Yeah. will your character sabine be in any of the new disney like the mandalorian 
shows. If I had my way. <laughs> I have been not shy about how much I would love to reprise my role as Sabine, whether it's live action or animation. You know, I just, I love her. I love the way that our show ended. Um, mm -hmm. We ended after four seasons sort of because we, Dave Filoni, our creator and director, wanted to make sure we told the story we wanted mm -hmm. to tell and mm -hmm. and got to end it on our terms basically and didn't want to run the risk of what happened with Clone Wars which was that they sort of ended abruptly and only now are they getting to finish their story which I'm so happy for them that they can do that and I'm really excited to watch but um, yeah I mean the way that Rebels ended sort of leaves um, leaves an opening to maybe potentially more storytelling uh, for Sabine, and I would love to be a part of that if I get to be. I, I would be so happy. Are you, how are you, you said you made it known. Are you just on social media? Are you letting the right people in the executives? I mean, I basically have told Dave Filoni many times, like, and he's probably really sick of hearing about it, uh, which I don't blame him for. He's like, no, no, I know. I'll call you <laughs> if it happens. And I'm like, you better. And he's like, no, I will. Um, uh, but yeah, like, people have asked me and I, something weird happened a few months ago like I just responded to a tweet like a, what I thought was a very benign sort of casual like yeah I'd love to and then it just like Tia Sirkar <laughs> wants to you know claim stake over and I'm like no 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 I just I just want to if it's a possibility I would love to do it and you know if if, if there's an opportunity to like get to be Sabine in any capacity whether it's live action or mm -hmm. whatever Amen. <laughs> Those 280 characters always getting us in trouble. Always. <laughs> That's, it's the, you know. You got to be careful. <laughs> you got to be careful. Well, I, again, you've been in, in so many amazing things. And again, it's only continuing as the shows continue. And, you know, again, knock on wood, hopefully have a good Sam sequel. Thank you. Uh, there was a Vulture article, an article in Vulture about a year and a half, two years ago, that said, Tia Sarkar is so good, she needs her own show. <laughs> and... You obviously now have your own movie in Good Sam. Is that something that is always the goal of an actress or actor and something that you're always paying attention to? Like you, you're rising the ranks and climbing the ladder to be able to get to that level of having your own show or program? Um, that's a really interesting question. I don't know if anyone's ever asked me that. I think for me, I want to play interesting characters that challenge me and you know, whose story arcs are, I find interesting. And so in, in that I, you know, getting to be the lead character, you get to have you're, there's more story to tell. And so while I love to play like the character I play on the good place, um, there's only so much of the story she gets to tell. So yes, is that ultimate? I mean, it's not just about like, well, I just want to be the lead. I just want to be number one on that call sheet. I mean that there are perks to that but um, I think it's about like getting to tell more story and having sort of more scope to what you get to do and your involvement in the mm -hmm. project and so yeah I really appreciate that Vulture article I, I remember now when you when you said I was with my manager in San Francisco I don't remember what we were doing and we were actually uh, in my hotel room and she said did you pay someone to write this? And I was like, what? And she like handed me her phone. I was like, I said, did you pay someone to write this? And we were both like, no, but thank you, who, you know, to, to the, to the um, journalist that wrote that very kind piece. But um, yes, it, it is like, it's just, it's, it's, 
it's a it's a way that you get to have more autonomy and like sort mm-hmm. of more influence on the storytelling uh, aspect, which I, you know, I, I would definitely not turn down. Absolutely. And there is a, you know, as you were saying, there is an art to playing the various roles of playing the, the lead, playing the supporting, playing the returning and recurring. Like all those have a role. Totally. And I think in all walks of life, whether that's in acting or in business or even in hosting, you always have a a host and then a Mm co-host or several co-hosts. And like, I think that is a difficult thing for a lot of people to know to own those roles. Right. And to know sort of the dynamics and what, what your, what the protocol is Mm -hmm. and sort of, yeah. But it's just, I mean, experience helps Yeah, being, you know, being a co-star. So co-star is like, kind of the when you just jump in and yep. you're like hey sir can I have a and then you're <laughs> that's co-star and then you and then you do enough of those that you finally graduate to playing a guest star on shows and then once you graduate from being a guest star then you're recurring on mm-hmm. shows and then hopefully once you've done enough of those you get to be a series regular on shows and so yeah there's definitely like a process and um, I've been lucky that I have had a lot of experience on set so I sort of have learned by watching I basically showed up on a set and I didn't know what I was doing and I was like okay just be as open and um you know aware of what's going on around you and just 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 go with the flow and 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 don't mess it up so what do you mean by that you showed up my very first job yeah I, I can tell you what it was I had just moved to LA and I had had a really hard time trying to I I showed up in LA I'm from Texas I moved to LA to be an actor. I didn't have any family or didn't know anyone in this town. I didn't know. I, I sort of showed up and I was like, well, now what? Here I am. And now what do I do? Um, Ta-da! Yeah. Um, so that's tough because, you know, like there is no formula that one follows to, okay, like if you do this mm-hmm. and then you do this, this is the result. Yep. Um, so anyway, I, it took me a little while to find an agent. And then once I found an agent, I was super lucky. I started, I think I booked my first job a week after I signed with my agent. And that first job was Hannah Montana, <laughs> um, which was awesome. It was great. I um, I had a great time. I played a very like sassy teenager um, named Natasha, and uh, I remember I, I I pulled onto the lot, and the lot that they used to shoot on uh, faces the Hollywood sign, and there was a PA waiting for me to like retrieve me from my parking spot and to take me to my trailer, and I was like, oh my god, my like I it's done. Like I have arrived. (laughs) And then it took a lot longer after that to get, you know, sort of beyond that kind of level of, of what was happening. But anyway, I called my mom from my trailer and I was like, you're not going to believe this. Um, it was a pretty cool moment. Um, Yeah. yeah. So I don't, sorry, I think I digress, but like, how did you were just learning from people? Yeah. I mean, I had never, I got, I, I had been acting since I was seven. I had been dancing since I was two, and I started acting when I was seven, and I started doing, like, community theater, musical theater, taking acting classes, along with dance classes. Mm-hmm. And then I did uh, theater in high school, and then I got uh, two degrees in college, one of which was a business degree, and then the other one was a theater and dance degree. But at no point did I... Um, had I ever acted Actually on do film. the thing that you were training. Well, for film mean, specifically. I mean, yes. all of my training had been theater training. Mm-hmm. Um, and I begged, when I was a kid, I begged my parents to let me get a like a commercial, act, uh, like a, a, an agent in Dallas. I'm from a <laughs> suburb of Dallas. And they were like, no, you can do that when you're an adult. And I'm glad. I mean, I, I, I had a very normal upbringing and I'm, I'm, I have no regrets as far mm-hmm. as like them 
sort of keeping me from trying like professional acting as a child probably a good call yeah um but anyway so so yeah i mean when i showed up i i, I had never acted on film before uh, that's not true i mean in in austin I'm, i went to college in austin and i did some like Small Smaller, and, yeah, but nothing like a huge stage. But not on a TV show, yeah. And that's what I wanted to do. Is I mean, I want to do all of it, but I I wanted to be on TV, and mm-hmm. so um, it was definitely very much a learning experience. And there is a lot going on, and there's a lot of like jargon that if you've never done it before, mm-hmm. you don't know it. Um, so yeah, my goal was to not screw anything up, stay out of everyone's way learn as much as I could, just be a sponge. And, um, and yeah, I mean, it doesn't happen overnight, obviously. Like mm-hmm. you got to kind of keep, keep at it. And, um, but that's how everyone learns. There's no like yep. here t- TV show school. I mean, you know, you can get an <laughs> RTF degree, I suppose, but that's still not the same as like actually being on a set and learning how the ro- you know, learning the ropes. Yeah. And people understand that too. I think on set, they know. I think so. Yeah. And they're helping you out along totally. the way. My dad, my parents are both professors and my dad, uh, my parents have come and visited me on, in, you know, on location and in LA on various jobs. And my dad, Oh, every time he says every time, which is very sweet. He's always like, I am always in awe of how kind everyone in your industry is. Like across the board, people think, oh, it's Hollywood, it's cutthroat, um, people are nasty, and there's, you know, mm-hmm. people berating you. And he says every time that they come across the board, whether it's like, you know, above the line, below the line, people, everyone is kind and polite and mm-hmm. respectful. And I guess maybe I should, I feel lucky that I have gotten to work on jobs like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's nice to hear him say that, like, cause he's coming from a very third party perspective, just kind of dipping in and going, this is a very like positive environment. Well, especially so like Texas to California totally. too, is definitely a very different totally. dynamic. Yeah. Two years old. You were dancing? Yeah, my mom was my first dance teacher. She was a dancer and a choreographer, and so I grew up... My sister's four years older than me, and we grew up dancing together. Do you remember dancing? What dances are you doing at two? Is that just, like, jumping? Listen, I asked my mom the same thing. So my first <laughs> dance rehearsal was two, and I was two and a half, and I have a two-year-old niece. My sister has a two-year-old daughter who is much smarter than I am now, probably. Mm-hmm. She's, like, super smart, and I'm like... She- what choreography is she learning? Like, what did I do? Did I just get up there? And But I will say that, so my mom, um, my parents are from India, and I, so my first dance that I ever learned how to do was Indian folk dance and Indian classical dance. So apparently, I have a picture. I've heard this story many times, but I have a picture. Um, I'm, like, all decked out in my, like, red and gold Indian outfit, and um, I'm very small because I'm two and a half. <laughs> and apparently I did my dance on stage, and then I and my mom had um, given me her like real twenty four karat gold, large, very expensive wow. earrings because Indian dancers yep. are sort of mm-hmm. there's You're lots of out. jewelry happening. Um, and apparently I walked off the stage, took the earrings off because they were very heavy, and I left them on the stairs, and I left, and my my mom came to find me, and she was like, where are the earrings? And I was like, I don't know, they were heavy. I took them off, and she, like, ran back, and luckily she <laughs> discovered oh. the earrings. But this is why you don't give a two-and-a-half-year-old, like, <laughs> precious gems. Anyway, um, so I don't know what the dance was like, but <laughs> she swears, and she's not the kind of mom that um, sort of, 
unnecessarily uh, uh, gives you know she the, her compliments she means them because yes. they're few and far mm-hmm. between. <laughs> but I appreciate that because I you know I makes don't, you appreciate yeah them. like and also I know what when she says it she means it same for both of my parents mm-hmm. actually but um yeah she says that I, I it was a dance it was choreography there was, I did it there was movement. I believe her because she would have told told me if I was just like spinning around like a weirdo but you always had that entertainment bug whether that was dancing or film. Always. When I was a kid, I would, this is so embarrassing and not cool at all, but I would like do um, like skits and impressions for my family, like at family parties, like dinners and things. And I had um, a Steve Urkel impression. Like I would go upstairs, put on, yeah, I know. No, no, no. Put on suspenders and like do the thing. And I would like, it's, it's not. Let's hear the line. No. No, no, no. Come on. Did I do that? <laughs> I mean, I haven't done it in a, like a couple decades, but oh boy. Yeah. So yes, I mean, if anyone's like, oh, when did you know you wanted to be an entertainer for a living? Probably from when I started walking, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so you, when you, you know, you went to college and you got the theater degree, but you also did one in business. Why? Well, so my parents who are both PhD professors and have lots of degrees under, you know, between the two of them, um, they never, surprisingly, because it's not like they're like, live and let live. They're, they, I'm surprised that they never said, like, you should probably get a degree in, but they never did. Oh, that was your, that wasn't. Yeah. Well, oh, here's wow. why. I, I thought, I know what I'm going to do after this. After I graduate, I'm going to move to L.A. and try and be an actor in Hollywood, and who knows how that will go. So, uh, what if I never have an opportunity to make my parents proud again? So I better get like a degree that I feel like they will feel <laughs> like they want to put up on their wall in a hallway somewhere at their house. And I was like, well, I could get a degree in marketing. That seems like I could be, there could be some overlap. Over, and yeah. yeah. Um, also, I was like, what's the business degree that uses the least amount of math? And by the way, it's not marketing. There's a lot it's, of math in nope, marketing. Yes. I was like, what is this? I thought, it, I, yeah, it was, I should have... <laughs> In retrospect, I didn't really have any business being in the business school. I, my friends now, so I had two degrees, and so now I have, I had like two, kind of two different lives in college because I was doing like, you know, stage productions and and dancing and whatever, in a dance company, and then I was also like in a business frat. Yep. I, I don't know why, because I because all my friends in in the business school were in the business frat, and now those guys are all like running hedge funds they're investment bankers and i legitimately don't really know what they do for a living Mm -hmm. but i took the class i took the same classes not you know the foundation i don't know if i do (laughs) i should have you ever used that in a role or in like to develop something or do you see that being used I don't, I mean, I think it's, look, if, if you have a background in marketing, perhaps, I mean, my, my, my manager always tells me that I have a very, like, I'm not, I'm not like a typical, I don't know what a typical actor is, but for, for her, she says like, you're kind of like more, you have a plan, I guess Okay. that might just be because of my type A personality. I don't know if it has <laughs> anything to do with my business degree, but I'm definitely, she says I'm much more type A than a, than a, you're, you're normal actor I, i'll take that for what it is <laughs> when you got done with the hannah montana so you moved out to la in your first job hannah montana did you actually see miley cyrus was she actually yeah there? she was so sweet uh she couldn't have been nicer awesome it was like two seconds before she hit like international mm. superstardom mm-hmm. so um 
when I met her, I, I didn't really even know who she was. I kind of vaguely knew of this character, this Disney show. And then, like, three months later, I was like, oh, oh, oh I was, yeah, I, yeah, oof. yeah. <laughs> she was like, um, but she was very sweet. When you got, I mean, you, you booked that in a week. You After I got my after agent. After you got your agent. There was, a, there was like, some pavement pounding first. I, so talk, let's talk about the pavement pounding. I love talking about the pavement oh, pounding. Oh, man. How long was the pavement pounding? I was in L.A. for a year, and I did not, I could wow. not find an agent. I, you can't really work without any representation. Mm-hmm. Like, you can try, mm-hmm. which is what I kept doing. But I really, it was so hard, and... I finally, like I was saying, everyone has a different path. And so this isn't like the thing that one should do. It's just the thing that I happen to do. And it worked out for me. I, I, a lot of people come to LA and start taking acting classes. And I had taken, I've been taking acting classes, not to say that I don't, I didn't Mm -hmm. need them, but I had just been taking classes for so long. And I thought, okay, they're, they're very expensive. I only have this much money saved up. Like what's the, what's the smartest move here? And so I thought, Okay, well, there's, there's, I, I heard about um, these casting director workshops, which are things that casting directors, sorry, let me start over. There are casting director workshops, but I had heard that it's like a little, it's not for everyone because yes. you're basically paying for someone to see you that mm-hmm. maybe should be seeing you anyway. And yep. so there's like, it's maybe, politics. Yeah. And then I heard, so I hadn't quite done any of those things yet because I, I, was, I wasn't sure what, what move to make. And then I heard about um, these, these talent agent showcases. And I thought, okay, well, what I really, really need and want is, a, is an agent. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, I'm not going out for things and um, kind of just stagnating. And so I, you, you pay money and on a weekend, like a Saturday afternoon, you go and you do a scene or a monologue uh, in front of a couple casting dire- uh, a talent agents who are open to signing new clients. And I went to one, and I had prepared... At the time, I was playing... Like, I was an adult, but I was playing, like, 16 years old, Hannah Montana. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I picked something that, you know, I thought was good for me. Like, <laughs> it was, like, funny. It was comedy. It was, like, an older sister trying to get her younger, brainy sister to do her science project for her. It was pretty, like... <laughs> light and and but fun and funny and i get to this uh to this showcase and you're supposed to go like voluntarily like you people just volunteer to go and people are doing shakespeare they're doing serious i mean people are crying there's like you know some some serious subject matter (laughs) (laughs) and i'm like I have to go. I cannot do my mom. Like, I am so embarrassed that this is what I... I didn't know. Like, I just was yeah. like, this is good. This is funny. I can be funny this doing this. Yeah. And so I, I was like, I can't do it. And so I was second to last. And I was like, Tia, you paid a lot of money at the time for me, a lot of money. You got to just get up and do it. So I got up and did it. And I sat down. And I was sitting right behind the where the agents were sitting. And the lights came up after the last person went. And the agent turned around and gave me his card and said, call me on Monday. I want to set up a meeting. And I was like, what? You like <laughs> this? This worked? <laughs> Did you hear what I was talking about? Because it was not Shakespeare by a, lot, by, by a mile. And um, that he became my first agent. Wow. And I got my first job a week later on Hannah Montana. <laughs> so, you know, it's funny how things work. Um, that's the way it worked for me. But Did you move out to L.A. with a set amount of money saved? Yeah. So after I graduated uh, college, my parents were like, 
you should not move to LA without any money. You should get a job, like a job job, mm -hmm. a real job, um, and save up a, a nest egg, as my dad uh, called it many times. Mm. Uh, uh, it's like seared into my memory. Heard my that nest a time egg. or two. Yeah. Yep. And, um, and I'm so glad they did because I did. I like I waited waited like maybe six months and got a job and saved up money so that I wouldn't have to show up and immediately start to mm -hmm. like find a mm -hmm. you know like a waiting waiting table or, or be whatever. able to work thirty hours a week so you have ten hours or twenty totally. hours free to be able to do what totally. you want. Yes. So so that for me was was clutch. I thought to um, so thanks mom and dad for insisting that I all I wanted to do was like hurry up and get out to L A. Yep. You know they see the big picture and yeah. the puzzle. Yeah yeah. yeah. Um, so so yeah that was hugely helpful to to not come out here with ten dollars in my pocket and try and like you know make Try ends to make meet something yeah. yeah yeah how did you make ends meet that first year were you working odd jobs was there i um i so I, I i showed up in la and i didn't have any friends and i didn't know anyone and great I had... start to the story <laughs> yeah. this is a great <laughs> it was sad it was i spent a lot of time solo that first year um uh but i i had this um, like amount of money saved up which was great but I basically showed up and I was like, I don't have anything to do. How do I meet people? How do I like get out there? What do I do? And I knew a guy that I had gone to high school and college with, but had never really hung mm -hmm. out with. And I, I just emailed him and I was like, hey, do you want to be friends? And he ended up being one of my best friends. Um, and he was like, why don't you come work? At, I, he was a server at this restaurant uh, in Beverly Hills. And he said, why don't you come be a hostess? Like there's tons of like agents that come mm -hmm. to lunch during the weekdays and there's just it's just like a high traffic area mm -hmm. uh it's where the clueless steps are if anyone oh, knows yep. where that is um and i thought well what else am i doing so i i got a job working as a hostess um in beverly hills which didn't i mean i didn't do that for very long because then thankfully i got my agent and, mm -hmm. and i mean i was so fortunate that i got to i started working kind of right after i signed with him um, and kept working, so that's mm -hmm. you know was great. But yeah, I mean, you got to do what you got to do, right? It's the hustle. Yeah, and and I'm I'm just glad that I I had saved that money initially so that it I wasn't it wasn't a dire situation. Mm -hmm. It was sort of like okay, so you know I have that to work off of, and then I can you know continue trying to do what I'm trying to do. It's amazing how those little roles to those little jobs, not roles, jobs like that, like being the hostess, doing you know people do background or. I spent like two days. I painted a house. Actually, it was supposed to be two days. It ended up being like five days Isn't painting this house. that always the way? Yeah. It was a disaster. <laughs> but it's those kind of jobs that make you, A, appreciative totally. of where you are now and the whole journey. But they also, like, you can relate to people because of that. Definitely, yeah. I mean, people, people, I, I feel lucky that I, um, I mean, people have had to do all kinds of things, mm -hmm. like, that they don't, you know, like scrubbing bathrooms and you know whatever but mm -hmm. you, you you if you want something bad enough i mean this is how i people are like oh did you want to was there anything else you wanted to do and i'm i i guess i'm fortunate in that there was nothing else that would have done you know fulfilled me in a way as what i'm doing so for me there was no like well i could be an accountant mm -hmm. or i would try my hand at acting it's like it was always going to be this yep. and so that's sort of a luxury in that there's nothing else like mm -hmm. you're just going to keep at it 
and keep at it. And it's it's beneficial not to have a plan B. I think so. That because was, if you have a plan B, do yep. the plan B because this yeah. is not easy. It makes it easier. If you yeah. have that fallback plan, yeah. if you have it and it's too close, then yeah. it's like, okay, I'll just do it. Well, I'll just do it. And yeah. also, <laughs> for the first like several years, my mom would call definitely on my dad's behalf and say well why don't you just um you know in your free time why don't you just get it get take get an mba at ucla Mm -hmm. get an mba at ucla in your free time while you're trying to be an actor in hollywood i was like guys if god bless them though (laughs) you know it's the parents who care that are still care so much i I love them so much oh yeah they're still yeah Oh yeah. Yep. Are but, you? How are you? Are you okay on money? Are you okay always. this month? Have Is you everything? Eaten? We were three hours, <laughs> a t- three hours time difference, and my mom would call at like four forty-five p.m. my time and be like, "What have you eaten dinner?" I'm like, "It's for I live in California, <laughs> not yet." And she'd be like, "Oh, right, right, right." Mm. Your first couple roles, even after that, it wasn't even just going from like Hannah Montana and now you're in these, oh, no. you know, co-star. I was looking up on IMDb. You have uh, the role of, quote, running bear on Acceptable TV. Yep. Student one on House. For sure, for sure. Doctor number two on Moonlight. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember those days and like were you thrilled getting those yes, roles? Absolutely. That that was, that was, th- yes. Like, I, I mean, it was all sort of like. Like you were saying, do you want to do you want to be the lead on a show? Of course, but like I had just moved here, I had just gotten an agent, I was doing what I came here to do, and were those roles like meaty, fully fleshed out roles? No, <laughs> but someone's got to be doctor number two. But was I getting to do what I've always wanted to do since I was basically born? Yes, and so mm-hmm. I am. You know, I was so grateful to be working on a tv you know on a on a set making a tv show and and it was always you know like okay so it's a means to an end right so i mean there is no end right i guess mm-hmm. that's the other thing like i there is nothing that i would suddenly go i'm done mm-hmm. I, you know what i'm good next yeah um now it is time to get that mba <laughs> right actually now's the time mom um no but so so yeah it's always like building on what you've done and what what's what's next for me anyway i mean i just want to keep working until mm-hmm. they don't let me work anymore <laughs> what was your attitude during you know since like five ten years even you know before a really well-known project was your attitude just to learn everything along the way whenever you go to a set no matter what role you're playing i'm picking up various things i'm just yeah and also i mean i think for me specifically i think the time when I between when I got here and now, the landscape of Hollywood has changed so much, and the types of roles someone like me is considered for and gets are so wildly different. I mean, I think that makes a big difference in like, you know, I, back say seven or eight years ago, I was going up for the lead role on The Good Place, let's mm-hmm. say. Uh, nobody went up for that. That was Kristen's, but I'm just using yes. it as an example. Yep. Um, and invariably, it would go to a Caucasian actress, like, mm-hmm. and it still does. There's still a lot of times that the, that you know instances where that happens. But there's also times like Good Sam, where this role it's a, it's a book that was written. Her name is Kate Bradley. Mm-hmm. By no means does it need to be. Does it necessarily make sense for it to mm-hmm. be me? But they called me and said, "Do you want this role?" And I was like, "Absolutely." Mm-hmm. So I think that also plays a difference in. Or makes a difference in sort of the the types of roles and the size of roles that I was playing then. But it's still, I mean, it's still 
you got to pay your dues, I, I think. Yeah. I mean, not everyone does. Some people just go like, oh, I showed up and I booked. <laughs> I think I've read that like Ashton Kutcher booked that 70s show on like his third yes. day in LA and I'm like well yep great. I think the story was he was like at a bar and got noticed or Listen, something I mean but great for them it mm -hmm. is a little bit like but I, I've been here <laughs> you know but I but absolutely not everyone has a different path yeah and it takes all kinds and I say no matter how successful someone is there has been a time where they wanted to quit Definitely. You whether it's a terrible day at work or in between seasons of that '70s show or whatever. Wait, I just said definitely. I have never wanted to quit. No, I mean like wanted to like give up. Like yes. it's too much. It's yes. Too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yes. just I re I wanted to be clear. Sorry. I was like, wait, I've never wanted to quit. No, yeah, quit in terms of like I this I want to be too, done for just too. a second, yeah, yeah, even yeah, for yeah, whatever. Yeah. Totally, I I know what you mean. Um, yeah, things can be overwhelming. This this business is overwhelming and very much so. And every day you deal with um with rejection mm -hmm. every single day and so um you know it, it it does take a lot and one thing that my mom told me i guess i guess i was a softie or i am a softie i don't feel like that but she she has said recently that she is amazed that i like was able to grow such a thick skin so fast because you have to i mean mm -hmm. or i mean out of self-preservation like because yeah. you're getting told no and doors are slamming in your face every day <laughs> and and it's only few you know few and far between when it's a yes it's usually mm -hmm. a no more often than not and so yeah you got to just sort of like in whatever way you can be prepared or, or just you know come to terms with that that's part of it and mm -hmm. and then and do the best you yep. can and uh, one of the things i've realized recently is you have a hundred percent like brain power and if you spend 25% on that, just being angry at things that have already happened, that only leaves 75% to move forward. You're right. And other people are spending 100%. So you're automatically 25% putting yourself behind if you're doing that. And you're also not able, I mean, you're, well, yes, you're not able to fully commit to, even the 75% is mm -hmm. still like, can you fully commit to what you need to be doing? Yes. Or are you just sort of festering about? And I mean, some some projects I, I, I really it's hard for me to move past that, you know, like if there's something that I really wanted and I thought mm -hmm. it was going to go my way, it takes me a little while, mm -hmm. but for the most part, you just kind of got to keep chugging along because yep. there's more, there's more out there. And so, and it might be yours. What role, you know, looking at what roles are out there, what role would you love to play or a genre that you would love to play? Um, uh, I would love, I, I grew up dancing, I would love to get to play a role where I could combine dancing and acting. I've never gotten to do that before. I mean, really? I, I was in musical theater, I was in musicals as, as a mm -hmm. child, but yeah, for film or for a TV show, if I could do something where I played a dancer or where, or like La La Land, I mean, oh, dream yeah. job, dream job. Oh. Where's La La Land 2? Where is I that going to seriously. <laughs> that movie was And incredible. can I be in it? Yeah. <laughs> What do you consider to be the definition of success? Um, gosh, that's a hard one. I think a few things. Happiness. Do you feel happy and content or do you feel frustrated? I mean, if you feel like you've gotten something, you've gotten somewhere and you feel content with where you are, that's, that's a huge part of success. Um, also setting a goal for yourself. I mean, I think... My goals are always shifting. Like I had a, you know, I remember now when I had a goal of just like wanting, <laughs> this is embarrassing. <laughs> I don't know why I'm telling you this. On IMDb, which is the internet mm -hmm. movie database, I wanted, um, so 
Okay, I really should not be telling this. It's so, spill so embarrassing. It. Just spill it. There's a news section on your on. So if you go to TSR Car, there's all of my TV credits, mm-hmm. my movie credits, uh, live appearance credits, and then there's like other stuff. Like people put you in lists, like 25 mm-hmm. South Asian American, whatever, star, like movie stars or TV actors or whatever. And then there's a news section, which is just about projects that you're doing and. Um, that like are on deadline or the Hollywood reporter mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to get a job that warranted a Publicity. news article. <laughs> I just wanted to, to populate that section yes. of my ITV page. <laughs> and then, and I was, and so it feels like a long time ago, but like there's con, you know, my goals are constantly shifting. Like, like I was saying when I was a co-star, I was just doing co-star roles. I just wanted to graduate to guest starring roles mm-hmm. and, and et cetera, et cetera. So, I mean, I feel like success is so intangible, but I feel like if you feel content and you feel proud of what you're doing and where you, where, how far you've come, um, but you're not done yet and you feel like there's still more to do, I mean, I, I feel like there, I, I will never, like I said, I'll, mm-hmm. I won't be at a place where I'm like kicking up my feet. Yeah. Like, All, like, right, All right. I did well. it. I did what I came to do. Next. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it's a hard one, but I feel like. Surrounding yourself with good people, whether it's your family or your chosen family, um, the people that you work with, um, and and doing the best you can every single time mm-hmm. you show up, never phoning it in. Have you grown to appreciate patience? I know, like when you 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 mentioned uh, the six months, I think when you graduated before moving out to LA, uh, you know your parents I was just made chomping it. at the bit. Yeah. yeah, have you grown to appreciate it? Yes, I think, I mean, some of that is just getting older, um, but also this industry, there is so much out of your control. I mean, you can try, you can, there's an audition that you want so badly, you prepare so much for it and you get in there and you nail it. You feel like whatever you wanted to do, you did it Mm -hmm. in the room. There's nothing else you can do. But then there are so many other factors that have nothing to do with you or your talent or your abilities or even like what you did you know in the room that day um and it's all a waiting game it's so it forces you to sort of you can't be impatient because it's so not up to you Mm -hmm. all you can do is show up and do the best you can and then hope for the best yeah sometimes it works out sometimes it doesn't and that's that hundred percent yeah like you, the hundred percent has to be focused on moving forward. Totally, and I, I mean it's easier said than done, it's right? So like, much easier said. Than done. You're right. Um, do I do it every time? No, <laughs> but you're right. And then and then there's sometimes that I'm like, you know, sort of dwelling on something that I didn't get, and I have to like, you know, now I'll remember your seventy five percent, twenty five percent analogy because it's like, what what's the point? Like yep. it's done. And yep. there's so much more work to do. So mm-hmm. let's focus on that and get rid of that. Yeah, there's just so baggage. much, so much ahead. What advice would you give for, you know, the young actresses and actors out there? Or if you were looking back of you when you first moved to L.A., what would you say to yourself? Um, I would say a few things. I would say one is know your craft. I think sometimes I think there are plenty of people who show up and go, um, that looks fun or like I want to be famous or I want to like you know be on TMZ and like whatever like that that's that's the wrong that's the wrong deal because it's <laughs> it's so hard that if that's your only sort of goal is to sort of be famous um, you know there has to be sort of more substance so I would say 
hone your craft as best you can be relentless like just just don't let because there are going to be so many naysayers so many naysayers and you can if you if you trust in your own ability and if you trust in your talent and you know how badly you want it um for me there was no other option like that this is all I wanted and so I wasn't gonna let I was just gonna keep going I mean there was not gonna be a time where I'm like well I guess I should probably go home now um (laughs) And some people do have that journey, and for them, I think maybe this wasn't the thing that they were meant to do. Maybe there's some. Maybe they thought mm-hmm. it was, and now they're hopefully doing the thing that they were meant to yes. do. But um, yeah, I would say, you know, keep at it. Don't let naysayers discourage you because there will be so many, and um, it's gonna happen. You just again, and like I don't know how to grow a thick skin, but I guess I did it. I think you just do it out of necessity. Mm-hmm. Um, that helps because yeah, <laughs> otherwise you're going to get your feelings hurt a lot and you still will, but you just have to learn that it's, it's not, it's that, not you. It's not you. It's not that you're not pretty enough or tall enough or, you know, whatever, um, talented enough. It's that like there was already a brunette and now they want it to be a, a blonde girl. And so there's, a, you know, there's just like puzzle pieces that you have nothing to do with. What doesn't get you a job today will get you a job tomorrow. Totally. And, and will get you a job today will not get you a job. Like it's Totally. And then there's also things where like things come around and the Hollywood is a strange and wonderful place. <laughs> and there are things that like didn't happen. I will tell you a f- funny story, I guess. It's funny. It's I, I auditioned for The Good Place. I auditioned to be Tani. And it was not good. Like, not good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can say that with full confidence. I never saw the tape, but it could not have been good. And then I saw Jamila play Tahani, mm-hmm. and I'm like, well, that's perfect. That's... I mean, that is perfect. Yep. Um, and I couldn't be mad about that. Like, when you see someone that's that perfect for a role, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, yes, did, did I want to be a series regular on The Good Place from the get-go? Of course. Mm-hmm. When I watched the first episode, was I like, oh, that makes much mm-hmm. more sense. Of you course. appreciate her in totally. that role. And then halfway through season one, I get a call saying, like, do you want to come play real Eleanor? I mean, you never it's you never know how things are going to work out. And even if they don't work out to begin with, like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pretty happy with how yeah. that worked out. It's, it's worked out quite well. <laughs> the final question that I love asking people is in 50, 75, 100 years, when people look back on your life and are maybe watching The Good Place or they're watching Good Sam or watching another thing that you will be in. And they, you know, they maybe turn to their friend and like, oh, hey, look, that's Tia Sarkar. And they're like, oh, wh- who is that? And they say, oh, she was blank. <laughs> what do you want people to say about your career, your life? How do you want people to answer that question? I would hope that they thought I was funny. Thought I was, I did good work outside of acting that I cared about the environment and about animals and about people and about my community and that I was, you know, sort of like used whatever platform I might have for good. And Mm -hmm. I hope that I, they'll say, oh, that was that girl that used to sing and dance and act (laughs) in that movie (laughs) or on that TV show. Cause that's sort of like what I hope to do at some point. Um, but yeah, just that I had like a long career of memorable, funny roles, and um, and that I wasn't just known for for being an actor, but maybe also as like an activist. I love that, and I, I see in your future you're going to be able to have something where you can act and dance. 
and sing? <laughs> I mean, I just threw that in there. Well, <laughs> I, um, let's go dance, act, and then sing is sort of here-ish. There you go. <laughs> Something on Broadway, maybe. Sure. Are there other people sort of also singing at the well, same uh, time? Yeah, of great. course. <laughs> great, great. Yeah, it would be a part of like, you know, obviously like when, La La, when yeah. La La Land 2, yeah. it's like one of the big dance yeah, yeah, numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm where... in. I'm in. 100%. Thank you so much for coming in today. Thank you for This has been an me. incredible 45 minutes we've been talking. It's awesome. Thank and you. I've learned so much. And thank you for just your authenticity. Oh, thank you. Thank you for what you do. And I was just thinking as we were talking about Good Sam, like you're good Sam. You're doing good and helping people and making an impact. And Thank you. Yeah. That's sort of a nice... Uh, kind of synergy between the movie that I'm here to talk about and what you actually do in real it's life. It's great. If you guys have not seen Good Sam, go see it right now on Netflix. Even if you don't have Netflix, 30-day free trial, just go use a fake email and get on there. Go watch Good Sam. It's incredible. And guys, while you're on that social media, make sure you go follow Tia at Tia Bird on Instagram, at Tia Sirkar on Twitter. Bird, Tia Bird, what's the quick story? Tia is a bird. I'm named after a little bird. Uh, oh. it, it, when it chirps, it sounds like it's saying Tia, Tia, so it's called a Tia Bird. Oh, that's incredible. <laughs> Just another fun fact. I absolutely love that. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of I Could Never Be Here on the Popcorn Talk Network at the Popcorn Talk instagram and on twitter and if you'd like to follow me at the only mc on instagram and on twitter and again we're available wherever we're here on youtube we're also available on apple itunes and podcasts and spotify and anchor and you know what anywhere where you want to be able to watch this you can go find us just search at the at to go search i could never be on popcorn talk network guys thank you so much one more episode left in season five we'll see you then from producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network.